1: everybody. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Tracy. I'm so glad you joined us. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you're listening live. So um, I am so glad for technology and how it allows us to do these kinds of fabulous things. What I don't appreciate and I'm not in this moment grateful for is that just as the show was going live, my computer decided to reset and reboot. So um, (laughs) I'm glad that we're also connected uh, this way so that we can continue with the show, but it's always amazing how things work out. So I know in this very moment that technology is always working in my favor, and there must have been a really good reason for spirit to reboot the computer and give us a fresh start. So on the Say Yes to Spirit, we gather on a regular basis simply to remind ourselves, what does it mean to say yes to spirit? Why is it important to say yes to spirit? And how do our lives evolve, grow, change, and improve when we say yes to spirit? So it's a very, very cool thing to be able to remind ourselves that saying yes to spirit is a commitment that we have made and a commitment that we have made not out of any obligation, not out of any sense of worry or fear, but a commitment that has been made out of a sense of self-improvement, self-love, and our own willingness to live the best life that is possible. So we have a theme each week on Say Yes to Spirit. And the primary reason we have a theme is to just get us started and get us focused around a particular aspect of saying yes to spirit. Uh, But what we know is absolutely true is that all aspects of spirit are all part of the one. So even when we pick a really a topic that that we really don't know what the connection is, or maybe it just seems on the surface like there is no connection. Uh, by the time we talk about it, we always, in over four years, we have never come to the end of a show saying, huh, well, didn't know how that related to saying yes to spirit, and we still don't know. I mean, that has never, ever happened. You know, at some point along the process, one of us, Leslie or myself, just kind of goes, oh, of course it's related to saying yes to spirit. Boom, here it is. This is why. But today our uh, topic is not necessarily one that's hard to make the connection with. Our theme for today is communication and uh, um the We have a lot of different places we could go with that. We might focus on communication uh, on the human plane or our communication with others. We obviously could choose to focus on communication as it relates to communicating with spirit, communicating with our higher power And we could go um, several other different places with that, positive communication, challenging communication. And so the question that I ask you to think about as uh, we are at the top of the show is to think about your own communication and for you What's the connection between communication and saying yes to spirit? And take a deep breath. And just reflect on what just came up for you. Why is talking about communication or thinking about communication important to you in the context of saying yes to spirit now the good thing about this little pop quiz this little opportunity to reflect is that there is no wrong answer (laughs) there is no absolute right answer and uh, that's the kind of thing that often drives leslie crazy there should be a right answer a best answer But in this particular case, there is no right answer, except the answer that is right for you. What is it about communication that comes up for you when you think about saying yes to spirit? Now, for me, what comes up is this idea of, well, two things came up almost, you know, I mean, like, there was an order, but it was so close, they were vying to be first. It was a, like almost a tie. I need a photo finish to see which one really was first. One of them was, the, was how am I communicating with God? Is it a two-way communication? And the other one just equally as strong for me it was um, how does my being centered in spirit help me communicate? With others, and I know exactly why both of those came up, and um, and we'll talk a little bit more about why those two came up for me um, after we do our traditional connect the dots. So. When you hear the music that you're hearing right now in the background, you know it's time for us to connect the dots. And this is a a part of the show that uh, was started really by Leslie because she felt it was uh, helpful to connect our most recent show with our current show and see how the link is built, how the bridge is being built from Topic to Topic from Show to Show. So our most recent show before today was about abundance. And we actually had a great conversation about abundance. We focused, we chose to focus on financial abundance. And we talked a little bit about why often when we we, we use the word abundance, we exclude finances and Uh, focus on all the other ways abundance shows up in our lives. And so one of the connections between the conversation we had about financial abundance and communication that immediately comes to mind for me is the link between our grounding, which we talked about last week with abundance. Um, One, do we expect it? Two, do we truly believe that there is a higher power, that spirit, that God, by whatever name we call our higher power, is really desiring us to be fully abundant. And when we're not in communication with that energy, with that energy of abundance, with that energy of love, with that energy of God, a lot of times we will block our own abundance. And so in that particular um, connect the dots, It just hits me so strongly that communication with the divine, communication with the higher power is so connected to our manifesting the abundance, especially the financial abundance that is our birthright as a child of God. It also reflects in the connected dots, the the communication we have with ourselves. So what's my self-talk? What is my self-talk as it relates to... Uh, financial abundance, and we talked some about that last week as well, that when we tell ourselves we don't deserve it, or it's not for us, or there's not enough, or look at those people, they're filthy rich, and we our communication with ourselves is that abundance is not good, then, or abundance, you know, in order to have financial abundance, you have to do bad things, then of course, of course, um, that's what comes true. So that's our Connected Dots for this week. Um, We'll see if Leslie approves. She'll be joining us in just a few minutes. But what we're going to do first is simply take a little bit of a break, and, and then we'll be right back in about one minute. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Tracy and Leslie will be joining us in just a minute. So our theme for today on Say Yes to Spirit is communication. And at the top of the show, I invited you to just think about what is it that that connects you to this idea of communication in the context of saying yes to spirit. And I said that two things immediately came to mind for me and that they both wanted to be expressed. And so one of them was about, you know, my communication with, with God, with spirit, with my higher power, and is that a two-way communication or a one-way communication? What's the quality of that communication? And the second was uh, me thinking about if I really am saying yes to spirit, then how does that express itself in my communication with others, especially in the work that I do? And not so much in communicating with others in terms of evangelizing or trying to tell them about God. But if I'm saying yes to spirit in my life, how does, you know, if someone just met me or... Uh, worked with me or um, interacted with me at a convention or a meeting, would they have reason to believe that I'm grounded by spirit? And then I also said that, for me, it was real clear why both of those were, you know, jumping to the forefront of my mind and saying, me, me, yeah, this is the reason. Tracy, Tracy, pay attention. And um, one of them is because... I have been in the process in recent weeks of completing one of the several books that um, are in my mind that just, you know, wanting to be put on paper, and and I just, the week that we are recording this, I just completed one of those books, and the book title is I Turn to Prayer. and. So, you know, everything in the book is all about prayer. And what is prayer if it's not communication with the divine? Communication with the divine inside of you giving you guidance, communication with the divine as it expresses in and manifests in all of nature and listening to guidance, requesting and listening to guidance. So prayer is this way of communicating and receiving insight as well as designating or clarifying that which you want to experience in your life. And so it's communication with the divine that causes a shift in consciousness. So I'm, I, I immediately knew why that was like communication, say yes to spirit, I turn to prayer to communicate that which I desire, that which I claim for my own life. And then the second reason, I just had to laugh because it it so made sense, the first reason. And the second reason that um, came to mind for me, connecting communication and say yes to spirit was all about, yes, my communication with others and my communication, especially in the work that I do. So I am off to uh, later, uh, the day that we are doing this, I'm off to lead a, a workshop with a group of young women and um, and then I'm off, you know, in the next week to two or three other speaking engagements, and this idea that can people, am I communicating that saying yes to spirit is important to me by the way I interact with others without telling them they need to go be saved or they need to love God the way I love God, but can they know from experiencing me, interacting with me, am I coming across in a way that demonstrates that I think it's important to say yes to spirit and I'm committed to living my life that way. So those two things came up for me and I'm not sure what came up for you as I asked you the question of what does does it mean to you in the context of saying yes to spirit, to pay attention to communication. But just know that as we continue to talk about it, um, I'm guessing that you will find some connections for you. So, Leslie has joined us now, and um, and she doesn't know that I already did. Oh, you did my favorite part.
0: I love it. And she's going to have to listen to the recording <laughs> to see if she approves. <laughs> I do, in spirit, approve of all things, Tracy Brown. Tracy Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So um, so we're going to just keep going deeper. You know, at the sh- on the show description, we ask several questions. Do your spiritual beliefs affect how you communicate? Can people know what you believe about God based on how you communicate with them?
0: You know, one of the things, um, hearing you talk about how you're communicating being a reflection of God, I took a, class at the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas, something called Inward Journey. It's a year-long class. And one of the things that we had to do was write our obituary Mm -hmm. and kind of work out our funeral, which was kind of an interesting, strange thing to um, give some thought to, ponder. And I came up with a song that I wanted played at my funeral. And I can't remember the name of the song. It's a Christian song. And And the chorus is, uh, did people see, do people see God in me? And I shifted the word love for God. And the whole idea behind the song is, you know, am I living a life that is communicating love, that is communicating God. So while I'm standing in line at the 7-Eleven, is that person seeing God? Is that person seeing love? And it was really interesting to think about that I'm always communicating something.
1: Always. (laughs) (laughs) Very but true.
0: So um, am I, you know, through my actions of standing in line next to someone, am I communicating, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're paying with a check and I have to wait for you to pay with that check. Or am I communicating kind of, you know, an acceptance, a, a sense of non-judgment, a sense of love? And what I've noticed is that there's a direct connection between how I'm feeling inside and how I'm communicating, what I'm what energy I'm putting out. And when I was writing my obituary or doing that process, I think we had two or three weeks to do that assignment, I became really aware of, consciously trying to have sort of a a conscious awareness of what am I doing a lot of times when I'm in a good space I'm just spontaneously projecting love I think I can do that pretty well when I'm in a good space but when I'm not you're spontaneously projecting, projecting something judgment. else <laughs> judgment oh yeah that might be it that not might be projection. it judgment and um And then when I was becoming more conscious of it, then, you know, you get the classic thing of, okay, then I can be a choice. So it's sort of like if I'm not just in that good space, then my next level of, I guess, um, uh, opportunity would become conscious that I'm not in that space and then make a conscious choice to put myself in that space. And then that would, in turn, shift my inner feeling. So those three weeks or so that I was working on that, I was thinking in terms of what if this is my last day on earth? You know, how do I want to...
1: I like that.
0: How do I want these last 24 hours to be, you know, if this homeless person is the last person I see, how do I want to be remembered by that person?
1: Right. Wow, that's a... a, um, powerful
0: interesting thing to ponder
1: stand if this were my last if this were the last person I came into contact with Mm -hmm. in this life Mm -hmm. what would I what would my legacy be of this from this encounter right right okay that's really more than I want to think about right (laughs) now not right now like if this were my last encounter this Time that you and oh, I, you I are talking. That would be great. go. that would be great. Sidebar. Can I digress? Oh, uh-huh, please. So a, uh, a few months ago, I was doing participating in a series like a you know virtual summit. Oh, and um, and I had just finished my session with the host, and in and, and I stayed on. listen to the next person because she seemed, you know, she just sounded amazing, her background and uh, knew it would be really interesting. And she was a woman who I believe was in her late 80s and so she had all this history Mm -hmm. about religious science and in different parts of the country and, you know, from stories from when she was doing her training, you know, 40 years or 50 years ago or more. And, um, And so I stayed on to listen. And about 12 or 13 minutes into the interview, she actually made her transition. No, she died?
0: (laughs) Yes.
1: You're laughing. Tracy
0: Brown, that can't possibly be. How did... She made her transition. She
1: died. She was telling this great story about (laughs) one of the one of the early teachers oh, in, in Science of Mind, and how amazing he was and how funny he was and, and, and how strict he was at the same time and how they were trained at that point in time in the movement. And, um, and she, I mean, she told the story in a funny way. I mean, it wasn't so much that he was funny, but the way she told the story, it was really funny. And then, like, the line went <laughs> silent.
0: And and so in real time, you didn't know she had died. You just no, in real thought the time phone like she died didn't, or something. She,
1: right? She didn't go. You know, she oh didn't scream out yeah. or anything like that. But the line went silent, and then the line, you know, was open from the host end. And so, as it turned out, I mean, you know, you do what you do in in live TV or live radio, live internet. <sighs> You know, one of the other per- people came in and started talking, and <clears throat> somebody who was listening who was a minister who knew the woman who was the guest jumped in to finish out a story because, you know, it was like yeah. it, it it transitioned after about, you know, all this silence, and um, and it continued to go. And then the main host, you know, actually got on another line, checked it out, she realized she was, she really wasn't answering the phone um and was successful in getting the police to go to her location good heavens and um and sure enough she she made her transition during that time and um why am i awkwardly <laughs> laughing that just seems so bizarre so this idea of I mean, wow, and it's a digression a little bit from this from our topic of communication but what triggered that for me is is yes, when we say yes to spirit and we think of w- w- what you said, wow. what if Good this Lord. were my last, the last yeah. person I interacted with? How am I showing up? Right. What am I talking about?
0: Right. What am
1: I thinking about? Right. Right. And this does relate to the theme. What am I communicating right. in my words and actions yeah. that would let people know if they didn't have any other experience with right. me? Right. That I have said yes to spirit in my life. That's right. how I live. Right. That's what's important to me. And yes,
0: <laughs> it's like oh, oh that's man, something that's just, to think about. That's just that that's a that's a, a interesting story. And you know, it it also reminds me of uh, twelve steps. Always talk about being a program of attraction, not promotion. Mm-hmm. And the idea being that. People that are steeped in 12 steps and living that life and working those steps have such a presence about them that other people would inquire or say, you know, (laughs) what do you do or how do you get there or how do you seem to have that sense of peace about you and you don't seem to get ruffled and you seem to, you know, kind of be able to manage things in a way that I admire and then, you know, people would say, yes, I want that.
1: I want some of what you got.
0: That's what I want people to
1: say when they interact with me, and not out of a sense of lack as much as a sense of more. There's more. Right. There's even more. Where do I go next? There's
0: more. Oh, that's interesting. That that I, that, oh, let me think about this for a minute, because I do like to be around people that I believe had that deeper sense of something, because in that, Encourages me that I can go further that's interesting in the not 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 having less than this. them yes though
1: they're better than me, but they're at a different place on their journey, and there's more for me they're they're an example that there's yeah that there's just even more that I can do, and I could be um exposed to or I could be expressing and
0: I want it, I want that. Right, and so yeah, so other people's communication, how they're communicating either opens me up or shuts me down. And I was just um, talking to someone earlier today that talked about, uh, she was talking about how she has to read the room to know how to be. Ew. And I'm like it's like I can relate to that. Thank you for ooing me as well. But you know, that there's a certain amount of self limitation that I can put on myself if you know, if I if I perceive um things going on and trauma survivors are really, really good at reading the room so that so that we can kind of not be hurt or not be in a dangerous situation. Yeah, not ignite something. Right. But then also, that's a very limiting way to live because then I'm I'm really just kind of looking to you to see how much of me I can expose.
1: Right. And so, of course, you would not be surprised that I would say you, <laughs> since <laughs> one of my one of the phrases I'm famous for is I don't need to know who you are to be who I am.
0: Yes. Yes, I do love that phrase.
1: And. Um, and it's like, oh yeah, I really believe that. And that doesn't mean I never pay attention to what's going on in the room. Yeah, I read the room, but not for permission. permission. Right. I read the room for so I can choose.
0: You can be more effective.
1: Right. I can choose the angle, but not so much that I can that I'm gonna hide who I am. I'm reading the room for like what's the conversation that's happening and how can I contribute best to it? And sometimes the way I can best contribute to it
0: is to be quiet, to so <laughs> not say anything. I've never experienced that as my best way. <laughs> I could be quiet, that doesn't really seem like a very good thing to do. <laughs> but uh, but we are constantly, I think, on some level reading the rooms, even if we're not if we're not aware of it or we're aware of it, you know, in terms of and a lot of it for me for years and years is I want to manage what you think about me so then right. I can feel better about myself. Right. And if I manage what you think about me, then I can either be, you know, quote, unquote, accepted or not accepted. And if I'm accepted, then I feel better. If I'm not accepted, then I feel worse. So it's a really, you know, to just have honest, authentic here's what I'm feeling vulnerable communication is um, I think pretty, pretty rare.
1: Yeah, so, um, so let's take a little break and then we'll come back and continue this conversation about communication. We'll be right back with Say Yes to Spirit. Welcome back. You are listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie, and our theme today is communication. What does it mean to communicate with God, or why is saying yes to spirit important in your own communication with other people?
0: So, You know, you just had an interesting thought there where you said communicate with God. One of the things in working um, with women, In the Dallas County Jail, we work on a pod that's well-known, well, well, I'm not going to say well-known, but it's known throughout the country as one of the only pods that is non-Christian-based. Most jail programs are affiliated with um, a church group or a Christian-based group, and so there's sort of that underlying theme of um, working with the women to... convert them them to Christianity and so we're very 12-step based and the idea of creating their own relationship with their higher power and so we talk a lot about how does that relationship work and how do you how do you build any kind of relationship? You have to spend time with the person. You have to get to know the person. You okay. have to let the person get to know you. Okay. So kind of taking all of those kind of common things that we do in human form and trying to apply them to spirit. And, you know, that idea that when I'm having a strong connection to my higher power, to my spirit, that I am most likely communicating that through my actions, you know, and my time with that person is important and I cherish it and I honor it and so how am I, you know, demonstrating that through my daily meditation? Am I spending any time with God? Am I making time for that phone call? Am I laughing with me or at me? I'm laughing with you. you. Mm -hmm.
1: That that whole idea of, uh, yeah, did you... Did you talk to God today? Right. Did you, right. Uh, yeah. Did you Did you text God today, <laughs> or did you You haven't talked to God since the last time you needed a thousand bucks, right? Or you know you
0: needed. Or the last time you went to church, you, you know you kind of have God in this package of church, or you know this package of this external thing, and it's not. A, it's not a. Um, not a close knit relationship. And it does make a huge difference if I'm in communication with God every moment of every day or if I'm just kind of um relegating, is that the right word, it it it, it to be a certain have to come in a certain package through church or through a through a book or or through some method that um you know even prayer People think, well, I'm praying, so I'm connecting to God. Well, yes, but I'm also, I think, connecting to God, again, through all of my relationships and through how I'm communicating every moment. If I have that primary relationship with God in my mind, I'm going to come off very differently in all of my communications with with people that I'm just seeing that I might never see again, just random strangers.
1: Yeah, which... So there, there are two aspects of that that jump out for me. One is, on, on the one hand, we can never really be separated from God, but our... our are <laughs> we conscious of that? Right. Our communication is, is a give and take. So do I send communication out and am I receiving it? And then the other piece of so often, I, and even though I say this a lot, I don't always remember it, that every person I interact with is God standing in front of me. Yes. So even that shifts my, when I'm really, when I'm thinking or remembering that, that shifts my interaction with every person I meet as well, because if I realize, oh, wait, this is God showing up as Leslie,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm attending to my relationship with spirit. I'm attending to my relationship with this higher power that has created everyone and everything Mm -hmm. in the way that I interact with each person. But if I'm not consciously aware of that, if I haven't made that my pattern, then I'm not gonna interact with Leslie that way or whoever is standing in front of me.
0: And you know, what is it? Is it a Buddhist tradition or a tradition that says namaste, that they greet each other in namaste? Hindu. Hindu, very good. See? You're always the smart one. Um, but the namaste, meaning the, the spirit with me, the divine within me sees the divine within you, right? Is that a Loose translation. Yes, and I am
1: the smart one because you
0: keep affirming that. <laughs> and, and you say <laughs> yeah, that every week, and so the universe nice. says yes. Tracy has the answer. You can ask the question. She'll know the answer. And I found I don't know, just recently I've said that a lot just to random kind of people that are in the jail and different kind of people that would have no real sort of um basis of what that means. I, I say not my say not my say. And um when they'll ask inevitably what that means then it's kind of an interesting like, Oh wow, what an interesting concept. And and I was talking to this again working in the jail with sixty four women you can you even imagine sixty four women a living together and then living together with no walls and um you know just all of that female energy that you know takes takes flight even in dormitories or you know but no walls and so there's so much physical closeness there there is a tendency to just become very, you know, Sally Sue did this, Sally Sue did that, and we have one particular woman on the pod now who's been on the pod before, and she's kind of taken it upon herself to come to me every day to kind of give me a litany of all the things all the other women are doing that <laughs> is not quite matching what she believes should be they should be doing. And so yesterday I gave her a challenge. I said, well, Sally Sue, you might consider you know, that you've been here before and you're working a deep program, wink, wink, and um, uh, that you have an opportunity to instead of just kind of taking list and making note of the time that they mess up, that you could see their acting out or you could see their Um, you know not following the program as a cry for help and that they're having a bad moment and that they're you know feeling vulnerable they're feeling nervous and they don't know what to do so they're acting out in a negative way and you could you could dive into that and and be a leader and be a you know you know come talk to me you know what's going on I see you you know, trying to steal that muffin or something. You know, and and I know that's not really who you are. I, you know, there must be something else behind that. Come, come. You know, let's have a minute. And um. And Sally Sue said, <laughs> "You can leave now on week. <laughs> no, you know, Sally Sue kind of bought into it. She said, "And you know, and it's it's kind of fun because you never know how it's going to go." But she was kind of engaged by that as an idea, and you you I could tell she hadn't really thought of that. If you can see
1: it and notice it, then it's a call for you to be helpful here. Yeah,
0: yeah. And she kind of said, well, I could try that. I could see that. And and there was one other girl in particular that uh, she was really concerned about, that she wasn't doing some (laughs) different things she should be doing. And I said, well, I said, um, she, she just went to court, and she was just sentenced to 15 years in prison. And that... Is probably very much on her mind and very much overwhelming, and it did kind of the dominoes fell in her mind, and she's like, "Oh, right." And you know, she she knew that this girl had this girl had disclosed that in group that she had been sentenced, but she didn't take it to that next level of understanding that that would then cause her to act out in ways that weren't be very user friendly for a while, <laughs> and. um And it was nice to see her kind of open up to that. So it will be interesting to see what she does, if she's able to kind of reach out. And I I think she will. I hope she does. But to look at it differently, like you're saying, to see it as, you know, this person is is struggling versus this person is is waking up in the middle of the night trying to figure out how to screw with me. (laughs) Right. First thing this morning, they're like, okay, how can I make Tracy's life miserable (laughs) today? I'll just. Take her muffin. Yeah. What is she gonna do? <laughs> you know, it is a it is a real um, opportunity. Uh, being in jail, you know, there's such a small environment, but there's certainly a lot of opportunity to be, you know, discombobulated. And at the same time, that opportunity allows them to really practice, if they so choose, you know, acceptance and connecting to their higher power and looking for the good and, and being a part of understanding, you know, there's something going on here for my good, and it's really fascinating, um, talking about communication with others and how I'm presenting to others with God, how I'm connecting with God, and then what I'm thinking about now is, what am I communicating to myself? What is my (laughs) self-talk?
1: Yeah, that's in the connect the dots. You'll love the connect the dots. Very good, Stacey uh-huh. Ramsey. So very yes, good. Let's talk about that.
0: Ooh. Because
1: doesn't it make a huge <laughs> difference? It's like, oh, well, of course, if I'm telling myself I'm an idiot and there's not enough and <laughs> yes. I'll never get this right and this is too hard for me, number one, I'm not. In prayer, I'm not in communication or understanding of the limitless Mm. creative and power and wisdom of God. I'm not listening for God communicating to and with and within me (coughs) about how perfectly I have been made. Uh All I'm doing is communicating to myself the lies and the stories and the false beliefs in that loop in my
0: head. And, you know... I'm talking a lot about the jail today, but, you know, it must be on my mind. Um, one of the things that I try to talk about a lot and help the women understand is this idea of thought as form and that there really is a connection between what I'm thinking and, you know, how my life is, is being experienced. And um, the idea that what I'm communicating to myself is really what my experience of the situation is. And if I take 10 different people and they have the exact same external experience, they're going to have 10 different feelings about that experience. So that's going to have them, their perception is going to create what they take away from that experience. Right. And helping them understand that they have some uh, authority over that because they can control how they perceive it, how they choose to look at it. And they're thinking, um, you know, this is the worst thing ever, or this is going to work for my good, or this, you know, is, is going to make me a better mother, or this is going to teach me tools. It's all about, you know, my perception of the event and how I'm communicating that to myself, and then what is that unconscious tape playing? Uh, you know, uh, are my thoughts that, you know, I that I am stupid? that, you know, I'm I'm not worthy of the good. All of those sort of unconscious reels of information that are going unconsciously behind my thought to kind of bring those up to the forefront. And it's always interesting to watch the women when they start really seeing the, when they become conscious of their thoughts. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's like a core beginning, right? Because our thoughts are so unconscious most of the time. And so on automatic pilot, I'll have them for a whole week just kind of Look at your thought. You know, As you're thinking, think what you're thinking. It, you know, it's kind of a strange language, but, right, but be the observer, be the observer to the thought. And start writing down what you see. And um, it is really uh, amazing to watch when that little first light bulb goes off for them to see how they're thinking, what they're thinking, and then to connect. What they're thinking is really how they're feeling. That they're, you know, they're feeling overwhelmed or scared or this is awful. And then connecting it back to the thought of, oh, you know, I'm never going to get to court. Or, oh, my kids are, you know, I'm completely, you know, never going to see my children again. And and that the thought is actually creating that feeling. And if they take control of that thought and change that thought, then it shifts that feeling and how they 're communicating to themselves and how they're connecting their thought to their to their feeling and i 'm not making any sense now, so i 'm going to shut up, but it's all really deep, and I think it 's really important to think about or to give <laughs> thought to there you go thought feeling so can you th- ah. so do you choose <clears throat> your thoughts? I think we can i think i think I think I have to make it conscious choice to choose my thought until my thought becomes automatic pilot positive the first class that i do with the women one of the first things we do is we have the assignment to write it's like a hundred affirmations like
1: a that's
0: thank you it's like that's like
1: the climbing ma- like mount the, everest it's like
0: the marines of saying you, know, you have a very brief period of time with these women i have to make use of it but it's really fascinating, and they do it. I mean, it's amazing, and it's amazing to watch the ones they come up with, and it kind of becomes what I talk about kind of the building block or the foundation of throwing in, you know, those affirmations. By It's the first way to control the thinking, to change the, oh, I'll never get to court, to, you know, things work out in perfect time. Yes. And to force that new positive thought In to replace the worry or the anxiety and I think at first for me certainly and you know certainly my default pattern is not shifted completely but you know it does have to become a conscious effort to change that negative thought to the positive thought and then seeing how that shifts my feeling but I think we we have choice over our thoughts the idea of being conscious like you're saying that observer that third eye I agree with you that uh, well, I agree with you. Oh, I agree awesome. with you. Let's just repeat that over and over
1: again. <laughs> um and we have a lot of we have a lot of automatic thoughts, so mm-hmm. our default thoughts yes. that come and that we are not choosing, which is why it's so important for us to monitor our thoughts mm-hmm. so that if our default thoughts are not ones that we want to support or experience, then we intentionally choose thoughts so i like I really like what you said about I consciously and intentionally choose my thoughts until they become my natural right thought they until they become the default right, and in times of stress and um, difficulty is interesting that how quickly <laughs> our default thoughts default to our thoughts default to whatever thoughts were going on when we first experienced that fear or that regret or that anxiety or that guilt or whatever right. and so we're well trained but the stronger the emotion the more it's still a default, but it defaults back to whenever that emotion got locked in with us. So we still have to monitor those.
0: Yeah, that's when you really kind of, that's my indicator of what is my default when I get under that stressful moment. Do I, you know, default to all things work together for good, or do I fault to, oh, this is so screwed up, it can never get better, you know? And it's <laughs> like, wow. And it is, it, but at least I think, most of the time I have that observer eye. When I go into the real dark of the dark, I, I lose that observer eye. But, but most of the time now, at least I have some sort of an observer eye. More more moments of observer eye than not, which is way, way progress for Leslie. <laughs> but I guess that's kind of the building block of it, you know, uh, coming up with the thought. isn't. In, 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 I think I also talk about uh, you know, the movie The Secret, mm-hmm. and um, the idea that I'm thinking when I watched it, it seemed like it was really focused on just changing my thinking, you know, putting in the affirmation, putting out the positive words, and not understanding that ultimately I think what has to shift is my belief. I don't think that my thoughts, create my experience I think my thoughts shift my belief and then my belief is what creates my experience-hmm and so if I'm what well, ultimately my affirmations or my becoming conscious of my connection to spirit all of that is working to shift my core beliefs and then it's my core beliefs that ultimately have uh, give my experience because I think I over the years have had lots of affirmation thoughts and good thoughts and changed my thinking and changed my thinking, but I don't really manifest anything differently because my core belief is still some sort of self-destruction. So the core belief, I think, is what ultimately creates my experience and I do think the secret kind of didn't do that. I'm just, you know, kind of sad about that.
1: So it's so true that we... Even when we're teaching affirmations, what we tell people is the, re- the reason you say it over and over and over again is, is until you believe it. I mean, you're not <laughs> in the introduction to to the I Turn to Prayer book. I've, I've, you know, found myself writing. We don't do prayer to change God's consciousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of totally stupid or silly. (laughs) We're not changing God's consciousness. Our prayer, like an affirmation, is to change our own consciousness, Mm -hmm. our own belief about whatever we have believed in the past, about ourselves or about the world or about how life is. Mm -hmm. And when we say it enough where it becomes the the neural pathway in our brain and it becomes a default, it's like, yeah, it's the default because I totally believe it. And it happens without me sometimes knowing Mm -hmm. what I believe, you know, and then choosing that belief over and over and over again, choosing that phrase over and over again gives me a sense. So I, I think you're right that it's what I believe that actually changes my experience.
0: And what I think is fascinating—I don't know where I heard this, but I keep saying it like it was true, so it has to be true. But they've actually done studies that show how the brain, when it has thought A over and over and over again, it kind of creates a pattern. I'm thinking thought A is a pattern, yeah. and I have that thought I'm not worthy, and that's a, that, that actually can show on a brain scan the you know the little neurons firing off in a certain pattern and as i start saying i am worthy i am worthy i am love i am kind i am good then it actually literally shifts the pattern of that brain wave and it can really be be seen on a you know mri or whatever they call it and so that you know i'm i'm neurologically shifting my pattern of belief and then so you know, back in the day when things didn't work out, I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, of course. But now, <laughs> when things don't work out, I'm like, well, that's not right. That's supposed to work out. So, I know stri- this is working yeah.
1: out. This doesn't look like it, but uh, I am
0: not fooled. Yeah. And so it's an interesting shift when the external doesn't meet my, you know, when the external is bad and my belief is, but good things are supposed to happen to me. So how can this be? So that's a real indicator that you know that neurons have actually created a new pattern because the the so quote unquote negative doesn't meet my pattern of expectation.
1: Right, and I don't even. It's no question that well this isn't this isn't the way it is. So this can't be the end.
0: So it's interesting. Yeah, oh. did you see that movie uh, Hotel?
1: Uh huh. The exotic Marigold oh. Hotel. It's my one of my favorite quotes oh, my favorite of all said. time. Uh huh. Um, in India,
0: in Say
1: India we believe uh-huh. no. <laughs> in India we believe that everything works out in the end. So if it's not working out, it's not the end. Yeah, or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. The paraphrase. Uh huh. I, I have
1: used that so much because it's like, oh, oh, okay. So I'm just on. I'm in the journey. This is not the. End point. I'm just at this stop along the way that's leading me to this that I have, that I desire, that I know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, if we could just believe that, that you know, most mm-hmm. of the time when we get upset about mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. it's like this is not the end. This is just a part of it. There's something here that's taking you to the next step. Maybe it's you get angry enough to do what you're supposed to do in the first place, or mm-hmm. maybe you get frustrated enough that you call the person who you know could help, but you haven't called them,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know? Right. Maybe, maybe it's you are ashamed enough at this point that you actually apologize so that you can move forward, so that you can get to where it is that you want to go.
0: But it's, it's for something that's moving you towards
1: your greatest good
0: and to have that be the 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 automatic thought right. that this is this is this has got to be I'm missing something if I, if it's not a positive experience it's just a, something going to shift soon to make it positive or on well that
1: there is something positive about it mm-hmm. that's the and that's the hard part um, Not to say that bad things don't happen or things don't happen that are hard or challenging or scary or any of that, they do. But the reality, the bigger reality is on the path to the good. So it it may not feel like it's good, but good must come of it.
0: And that's interesting because you're talking about communicate to others and then communicate to God and communicate to ourselves then this kind of leads to the idea of what is my experience communicating back to me? What is the external circumstance communicating to me? What what information can I gather from what's happening to me in terms of what are my thoughts? What are my you know, what is this experience giving me an opportunity to do next? And seeing things that are happening as communicating sort of little um like little bleeps blips in life saying do this next because if i'm seeing this external circumstance as the end all be all then that gives it too much power but if i see this external circumstance as communicating an opportunity for me to be a choice about something and it's just a it's just a form of communication it's not a truth or it's not a it's not this big thing this external thing that's happening isn't like this big, huge thing. I think I give it a lot of power, but if I shift and I just look at it as an experience communicating something to me, Mm -hmm. giving me some information, giving me an opportunity to be a choice, that in a strange way gives me sort of control. Ooh, I like that word, don't I? Yeah. Um, You know, it gives me a sense of ability to respond instead of react. If I see this experience as communicating something to me versus doing something to me. Ooh, that's kind of deep. If the experience is communicating something to me versus doing something to me, doesn't that well, yes, have it's a just different just feeling?
1: Kingdom one to kingdom
0: two. Oh, thank you. Not the kingdom four. I want to go all the way to kingdom four, and I'm doing the experience or something. I do like that. I do You're like that.
1: Victim consciousness to kingdom two manifestation consciousness. This is happening for my good. This is happening for my learning. This is happening for me to make a different choice. Right. So communicating something to me to help me. And then what I do next determines where I go. Right. So we're about
0: communication and say yes to spirit. Any closing comments or thoughts? Just that I'm going to be more conscious of my communication. And I like the idea of, you know, this is my last I don't like the idea it's my last day on earth, but, you know, how to look at that, how I would be in the world if that was true.
1: So let's all take <laughs> that into consciousness during the next week and just you just hold it lightly and and uh, different points throughout the week. Just say, huh, what if? What, did that person just engage with me? Did I engage with them in a way that lets them know that I said yes to spirit?" I like it. So, um, throughout the week, anytime, just look at the archives and see if there's a topic or a title or a theme that interests you. And we may say, say yes, yes to the spirit. spirit.